Welcome to the Slipstream F1 podcast. I'm Steven. I'm joined by Nathan and Ian. We are going to talk about Formula One. Indeed, we are. Yeah, some of the things we're going to talk about is a brief news roundup of what we've missed since the last episode and just preview the Australian Grand Prix, which is happening down under. Yes, in Australia, which is in the name. Yeah, we are recording about five hours before qualifying, so all of this will be proven wrong probably by the time we actually get the episode out. Yeah, some foresight would have had us recording earlier, but you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. And there were a lot of things happening this week. We were very busy. Yeah. Schedules just did not line up. And then Brandon left. Yeah, Brandon is not here. He's on the other side of the state. He is. A couple hours away. For you European listeners, that means he's like on the other side of the country. Yeah, it's like if you were to go from North Germany to South Germany, that's what that means. It's like a three-hour car ride. And it's funny because we can't do it in a three-hour car ride. Not a train ride, but a car ride. Car ride. Vroom, vroom. Talking, speaking of cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Audi, Porsche. Yeah, Audi, Porsche have been reportedly given the green light by their parent company, VW, to enter Formula One in some capacity. Volkswagen. Biggest rumor right now is Porsche joins Red Bull and Audi joins McLaren. Um, I think actually the biggest one for that would be Red Bull and Porsche because Red Bull needs someone who knows how to make an engine. That seems like the one that's gained a little more mm-hmm. security in its rumors. The McLaren Audi one has had a lot of questionability. There have been numbers around it. Um, and I have also seen. Audi Sauber rumors as well, which could work out similar to, you know, Alfa Romeo Sauber, but in a more, um, a a much stronger partnership, if that makes sense. Yeah, Sauber has quite a history with that. Obviously, they're Alfa Romeo Sauber right now. Um, They were BMW Sauber. Yeah, they were BMW, so um, it's not rare for them to switch around car companies that are semi-luxurious. Yeah, I could see that because they do need money right now. That's why they brought in... Joe Guan Yu, he is a talented driver, but Oscar Piastri is just better. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what ultimately happens with this. I mean, the Volkswagen Group is a multi, multi-billion dollar corporation. Um, definitely has the financial means and backing to come into the sport and stay in for a long time. Yeah, the numbers that have been thrown around um, through various reporting is in the hundreds and hundreds of millions of euros um, approaching, I think the number that was reported initially for Audi and McLaren was 450 million euros mm-hmm. and then that number was bumped up to 650 million so there is a lot of skin in the game for these companies so it's going to be really interesting obviously people are worried that if Audi were to buy McLaren you lose that mm-hmm. um, iconic story. name you lose the storied brand although it would, you know maybe they keep it but that seems unlikely. Yeah, I would much rather see, for that reason, an Audi-Sauber partnership or Audi buying Sauber. I think it's interesting to note, if you buy a franchise outside of Major League Soccer in America, if you buy an NFL team, an MLB team, it's going to be in the billions of dollars. And arguably, Formula One has as large, if not larger, of a reach than some of these NFL teams. It just makes less money. It does make less money, so the bottom lines are a lot tighter, but to use it as an advertising tool, and it could make a lot more money using that as advertising in the future. So they could be getting in now when 10 years from now, 
it's going to be a billion dollars to buy a team. Yeah, they could just spend billions of dollars and be the uh, the Audi Colts located in Indianapolis, but that doesn't <laughs> seem like as good of a decision. Yeah, they could spend $3 billion to buy the Indianapolis Colts. It'd and probably be more than that. Be, be the title sponsor and all of that. Change, change it to Audi Stadium instead of Lucas Oil. I don't know why I chose the Colts in this random example. But moving on, Sebastian Vettel's back. No more COVID. Seb. Yeah, he got back and got immediately fined 5,000 euros. <laughs> <laughs> after free practice one, his, uh, his car broke down. He decided to make his MotoGP debut. Yeah, his car broke down. He One of the stewards had their little moped, and he was like, hey, can I borrow this to get back there. to the pit lane? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then he did, rode it around the track, was waving at the fans. Everyone loved it, except for the FIA. And immediately called him to the stewards, and then we're like, yeah, you've got to pay us $5,000 because we don't like what you did. And yes, technically it's against the rules, but still sort of disappointing. Yeah, I just want to watch Sebastian Vettel make circles in a Vespa every day of the week, honestly. That'd be so much fun. It's silly at this point. I mean, last year we were getting fines for people touching wings, which fine. You know, we were getting fines for... Sebastian wearing certain shirts that could have got him shot in certain countries. <laughs> That's fine. Riding a moped down a track, which was red flagged and didn't have any cars on it. I will say, he took both hands off of the handlebars at one point, so maybe it would have only been 2500 if he hadn't. Yeah, or he also pushed his helmet up to where it was like perched on top of his head and would have done zero good if he crashed, so there is that too. He did look like Toad. He yeah, <laughs> good for him though. Uh, he's back racing. Obviously, he had COVID, missed two weeks in a very slow car, unfortunately. Yeah, so I don't think he was eager to get back and race in this one. Although, who knows? Maybe the problem was actually Lance Strolovich <laughs> and Nico Hulkenberg. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, you never know. I saw a picture of uh, Seb and Lewis talking after like the drivers' meeting today, and one of the <laughs> captions was, "Oh wow, <laughs> we both have crap cars. Cool." Maybe we'll pass each other for, like, P11. That'd be tough. Unfortunate. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. It's not the Vettel-Hamilton battle anyone wanted. Let's just go back to 2017, please. Yeah. Uh, one final news roundup. Las Vegas Grand Prix. America. A third American race. You just hear our European listeners crying. Cry harder. I just I just don't care. Like, this is going to be my rant. I don't care that there's a third year... American race. Yeah, how many European races are there? A ton. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter to me that it's an American race when it's going to be inaccessible to almost every American Formula One fan. It's going to be in an incredibly expensive city, and if you want a hotel room on the Strip, it's going to be a few thousand dollars per night. Grandstand tickets are already probably going to be $2,000 each, and so it just doesn't make sense. I'd rather have one in also an area that's not as close to Dallas or not in the southern half. I'd rather have one up at Watkins Glen or somewhere up there in New York if they build a track up there. I'd rather have one in California or Washington State or somewhere else that's a little like more diverse and geographically spread out so we can show off some of the beautiful places in America. If they had one in Portland or Seattle, there's really cool stuff up there. Or they update the grandstand, put in a medical center, update the pit lane at Road Atlanta, and we get one just down the street. It's also a two-mile track, so... It's fine. <laughs> well, or they could just go back to the parking lot track in Las Vegas. No. 
I saw a size comparison on Instagram. Yeah. It was drastic. It's why this <laughs> one by footprint, I saw a size comparison of this to other tracks as well. This has the footprint of like it's one of the largest footprints on the calendar. It's like the size of Spa. And it's it's incredible how large the footprint is. Lots of straights. Love another street circuit. Very wide. I saw one that's I saw one that said that somebody was gonna like gamble off the Mercedes team. Like <laughs> show up to the track and Mercedes has got some random owner because he gambled it on a blackjack board and <laughs> lost it. <laughs> Toto. Yeah, Leclerc can actually Michael, I, I gambled the team away. I'm no longer principal. Leclerc could actually gamble because a lot of times drivers drivers will drivers will go to the casino in Monaco. Yeah. But because Leclerc is a Monaco resident. He's not he allowed can't. to gan- gamble in the Monaco casinos. So he can in Las Vegas, which is a fun fact. We at Slipstream F1 podcast do not endorse or lacking of endorse sports betting. Just fun fact. Just throwing it out there that he can. He can do it in Las Vegas when he couldn't at his home. Crazy. Anyway, on to Australia. It's upside down. Actually, it's not, but it's a funny meme. Yeah, it's a good joke. Um, it is a new track, though. Well, it's a tweaked track. Yeah, tweaked is the better word. They The lap times have gone down pretty significantly, even in practice, which we already know that the lap time to these newer cars is a little slower than last year's anyway. Mm-hmm. So the track is a lot faster. It has four DRS zones, two detection zones, lots of... They hope overtaking opportunities. That was the design of changing the track. So it's going to be a fun race. The strategy is going to be different than how they've treated it there before because of all those changes. Yeah, it will definitely be interesting to see. I think McLaren looked decent in free practice. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition or not. Yeah. Um, I always heard that if you want to know how a race ends up, look at free practice too. Yeah. Um, both McLarens were in the top 10. Um, me and Nathan sat and studied last night and watched free practice one and they were top of the timesheets for a good 15, 20 minutes. We were talking about what if they got a podium and then they dropped down to like P15. We were like, ah, that there we go. <laughs> yeah. It we was like, it we was, got all excited for a minute. It was like a McLaren. At one point it was like McLaren and Aston Martin, a McLaren and a Mercedes. And I'm like, Oh, they fixed the Mercedes power unit. And then, and then it was at one point Norris, Max, Daniel and like Carlos and we got so excited and just to be sad yeah and then it turned around but then they ended up making up for it you know they got up to like p7 p8 ish area mm-hmm. so I think yeah I mean <laughs> Daniel's definitely not going to charge for a win um, but they have a pretty good solid chance of both of them getting points as long as their engine keeps running yeah I think that Daniel Ricardo obviously wants to get that podium at his home race and Probably not his year for it this year, unfortunately. But the McLarens looking somewhat better gives hope of, you know, maybe something crazy happens. Australia has had some weird starts over the years, so maybe something gets crazy and somebody else runs over their front wing. <laughs> not not <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo. That was the last time they raced there. He tried to go around somebody, and then his front front wing deleted itself. And went underneath him and caused lots of issues. Ended up making him retire the car. No, um, I also think maybe my prediction that I made long ago that there would at some point I said it was going to be the first race it didn't happen, but at some point there would be a um, a pit stop failure. You know, Haas had a double pit stop failure in 2019, 2018. Um, 
both their cars, the wheel nuts didn't get tightened all the way, and they had to retire from the race. So um, could that happen. that was 2019. Was it 2019? Yeah. So yeah, so maybe could happen this time around. The air pressure is just different, I guess, in Australia. Well, because it's, it's at the bottom of the earth, so all the air like falls down there. Mm-hmm. But the earth is flat. You're my bad. Well, Australia's on, <laughs> Australia's on the bottom. Australia's on the bottom. Yeah, it's like a disc. It's on the bottom of the disc. Yeah. I'm just joking. Before y'all think I'm unintelligent, I do believe that the earth is round. Yes, but the air does sink to the bottom. He does also believe in giving unsanctioned medical advice. Next topic. <laughs> no, but I think, I mean, obviously, Mercedes power units have been eh. And... <laughs> I mean, Sebastian Vettel's caught on fire, literally in FP FP two, I think it was. It was FP one. It was FP one. Yeah, it caught on fire in FP one, and that just does not bode well at all for so him. Here's my sort of theory on what happened: is Mercedes designed their power unit around their cooling system yes. and not the other way around. So none of the other Mercedes customers know how to cool the engine. Mm-hmm. And Mercedes just otherwise built a bad car. So if I Mercedes agree. had built a good car with a good cooling system and a good power unit, they'd be good. The problem is they didn't, and no one else knows how to cool the engine. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I definitely think it's like you said, that analogy where they get that fossil and they try and recreate it around it. I think that's what all the other teams did. And since it's just such an unconventional layout, it reminds me of the the Honda, what was it called, Zero size zero or whatever it was where they were trying to get it to be the smallest engine possible the smallest footprint and that's when it just didn't work well at all and i think that's what's happening is is something similar to that where the other teams just can't cool it efficiently yeah i don't have anything to say i don't look into that kind of stuff i'm not an engineer i mean that's just a theory i (laughs) i have i have no inside information i'm just speculating based off of what i've seen and what i've heard from the rumor mill. No, you're actually listening to uh, James Allison, who has a voice changer on right now, he- head of Mercedes Engineering. I can't believe that you would reveal me like that. <laughs> How rude of you to do that. I know, terrible. Yeah, so Mercedes... Alpine has also had engine problems. Yeah. Uh, Alonzo is taking his third engine this weekend. Oh, my His gosh. third <laughs> engine. Yeah, so you only get three before you start getting penalized this is the third race he's on his third engine now one of them is a total loss they said that um but the other one probably isn't a total loss engines are supposed to last seven races by the way at least no seven like they're not allowed to use it after seven they have to because there's 23 races there's 23 basically they're guaranteed to take an engine penalty that's not true Red Bull has come out and basically said every team is supposed to make an engine last seven races. That's why they were freaking out about Bahrain, because their engine lasts not even a race. Yeah. And it, it should last seven races just because of, like, to get through the whole season. Math. But, yeah, it's it's going to be a problem for Alpine. And I think McLaren, if they're consistent from here on out with just general okay points, they could be fighting for fourth. Yeah, I think Alpine, with their whole design... They probably looked at the engine regulations locking in and said, okay, we're going to choose speed over reliability right now because you can Mm -hmm. change reliability afterwards, but you can't change speed. So Mercedes has neither. Yeah, they're definitely looking long-term, and I don't think it's a terrible strategy. I think you may see Alpine fall off towards the end of this year as a result of that, 
but long term as you're looking towards the end of this engine this engine lockout cycle you might be surprised by how alpine continues to perform those renault engines just live up to the challenge that's true renault's never made a great engine in the end yeah, and I don't think this eh. is the best one. I think that the Ferrari engine, just based purely off of acceleration numbers, shows that it's one of, if not the strongest engine. But Alpine has had moments where they've looked like they can compete with certain Ferrari engines. They can compete with the Mercedes engines. So Renault did make good engines, you know, back when they powered Red Bull for four straight, you know, championships. The aero on that car was incredible too, but the engines were still some of the best. There, they were better than Mercedes, and I mean, as more good as a reliability Ferrari. standard, and like a reliability. That that is true. Their reliability has not always been great, and I mean, there have been times like, <laughs> you know, the end of the Renault Red Bull partnership where both the power was bad and the reliability was bad. Now, as a result of that, we have Red Bull powertrains, or soon to be Red Bull Porsche, <laughs> yeah, which used to be Honda. They're just speed running all of the engine manufacturers, <laughs> which is cool. I, they're collecting them like infinity stones. Yeah. I wonder if this will have long-term consequences for Red Bull. Surely not. No. Instability in engine manufacturing design and all of that? No, that won't have problems. Because they did at one point run a Ferrari engine. Well, they didn't, but Toro Rosso did. Yeah. So even then. Anyway, do we want to do predictions for the race? I say let's go for it. Let's go for it. This is a little shorter of an episode. It is pretty late at night, and we're Maybe busy. we can actually get it out before qualifying. We Nate. might be able to. <laughs> no, we it, really might. If, if anyone's really wondering, Nathan's just hungry. I am hungry. That is a lot of it, and I want to go get my Raising Cane's box combo. Sponsor us, Cane's. <laughs> Please. <laughs> that would be incredible. Anyway, predictions. I think we should do uh, winner, pole position... Let's skip fastest lap, and then let's guess which lap Latifi will crash on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to do Latifi like that. No one asked you to do Latifi <laughs> like that. Hey, I, ha- I had to. Okay, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Latifi shocks everyone in qualifying, qualifies high enough so that he can la- wreck on lap one. <laughs> Turn one incident? Yes. So, the Latifi accident happens, lap one. Okay. Um, I think when... I think Leclerc wins. I think... Well, okay. No, actually... See, I'm thinking about... I didn't think about this beforehand. I probably should have. I'm going to go... Another Verstappen win. Mm. I think that the... The DRS zones on top of the wow. just generally fast, like the long straights, I think serve to Red Bull's benefit. The extra DRS zones, I think that long term race pace, that's going to benefit Red Bull. Fair enough, Ian. Hmm. Um, all right, so Nate does, or Steven started with Latifi. So Latifi doesn't start. Um, he crashes on his way to the grid. <laughs> My goodness. Um, you started it. Um, Max, I'm a... Sorry, they're just guys. They're, they're making fun of me in the background. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, who'd you say was on pole, Steven? I didn't. I forgot. But 
um, you know what? I'm going to go out on a terrifying limb and going to be proven so wrong and say that Mr. Saturday shows up <laughs> in a big way, somehow sneaks a pole through just a mm. pure qualifying setup. And when you get to the race, it just won't last. But okay. it's just like a it's a show of force of like, hey, we're still here, knowing that it's not going to work well in the race. It's it's not going to happen. But predicting predicting racing is just so I don't know. Yeah. Well, after s- well, hang on. Okay. It's futile. Yeah, it's like throwing darts while blindfolded in a moving car. So my race predictions, while Steven's getting dragged off to a mental asylum, I think (laughs) Max takes Paul and Charles wins. That's probably the much more reasonable (laughs) prediction. (laughs) I am going to um, go out on a limb here and say, you know, we've had lap one, we've had... On the way to the grid, I'm going to say qualify. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I'm going to say, I don't know how many laps it is, but I'm going to go lap 32. That just feels right to me. There's 58 laps, so you were okay with that prediction. Okay, I, I, I was hoping so. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and say Max Verstappen gets a pole, but I want to say Carlos Sainz pulls out a win. He needs a maiden win, and I think he's going to do it this week. Get back on top, challenge Leclerc, make it really interesting for us to watch how Ferrari handles it. And I think that's what's going to happen. Yay. I don't know what to say that's that. Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, Sainz is a fan favorite. He's um, very good. How do we think Ricardo's going to finish at his home race? Ooh, that's another good one. P8. P8. I am going to be the Debbie Downer, and unfortunately, I think he DNFs again. <laughs> and I don't want to see it. That'd be three in a row. Well, maybe, I'm, maybe I can jinx him into doing well, but unfortunately, I just... Dude has terrible luck at his home race. It's well, really so sad. Does, so does Leclerc at his home race, Monaco. Yeah, and I wish the best for both of them, but unfortunately I don't think it changes here for Ricardo. I think the car is just too unpredictable. Hmm. And Fair enough. Yeah. Me and Nathan last night did see the McLaren porpoising just a little bit. Yeah. There is porpoised. some downforce there. There's there's potential. There's <laughs> potential. <laughs> they porpoised ever so slightly at the end of the straight as soon as, like, the DRS engaged, so it gave it a little more downforce. It just bounced just ever slightly. And oh my goodness, I think tears welled up straight in my eyes. And I, I almost cried in the MLC at one, uh, 11.45. All right, one final question. Do we think that Mick Schumacher gets his first points? No. No, I think he's going to be worried about driving the car aggressively after his crash last week, so he's going to be a little, a little dialed back, just trying to get back in the saddle. And he's not going to get points because of that. See, I was probably going to say the same thing, but now I feel silly for asking the question if we all say no. So I'm going to say yes, and I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> so am I riding both sides of the fence? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Why not? Mick Schumacher gets his first points in Formula One. Yeah. Uh, anything else we have to cover? I think that's it. Nathan is so ready to get out of here. I'm so hungry. He is so hungry. I, I can tell by his posture. If I get in his way of leaving, then I'm just going to get run over. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed, please leave a review. You don't even have to tell anyone about the podcast because if you do, Spotify will take care of it for you because reviews, you know, boost engagement. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. If you don't like it, DM us. 
We don't want that on Again, Spotify. Hate in private, love in public. Amen. If you hate us, tell us in private. We'll just try and deal with it emotionally. Talk to our therapist about it. All that kind of stuff. Like our Instagram beef with Esteban Alcon's burner, burner account. account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> um, now you should follow our Instagram, Slipstream F One Cast. Um, we had a real blow up, sixty thousand views as we're sitting here right now. Um, so we follow us. Have a positive follower ratio. We yeah, do. It, it went from like a few hundred likes just a couple days ago to literally like now it has over 5,000. So follow us while we're still under 100 so you can say when we're big and famous one day and everybody knows who we are and we're driving F1 cars for a living yeah. that you followed us when we were under 100 followers. Most of those seem unlikely, but one of them is definitely impossible. <laughs> People following us? Dr- us driving an F1 car. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't. that doesn't seem likely. In- unlikely, yes. But you should follow us regardless. The three of y'all could fit. I'm quite large. We hope everything goes well. Enjoy Wish watching it at one in the morning. Oh, that's our time. Yeah, that's true. If you are in the Eastern time zone, you get to watch it at one in the morning. And Europeans who are complaining about having to watch a race at like eight in the morning, I have zero sympathy because that is every race for us. So shut up. Okay, that's all. Bye. For the Slipstream F1 pod, that pod, pod path. Pod path. Thank <laughs> you.